Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk. Today, we're going to talk about Trump okays the transition. John Guandolo joins me to talk about January 6th at the Capitol. Antifa storms Capitol, media blames Trump, and traitors talk 25th Amendment. Why the GOP and Pence punted? And where do patriots go next? And of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. Debbie Georgiatis, host of America Can We Talk, is an author, attorney, and political analyst whose mission is to inspire the American political conversation about preserving liberty in the best country on earth. America Can We Talk is sponsored by GC Works, a Dallas-based company performing advanced technology research in the oil and gas industry. Hello again and welcome to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Again, today we're going to do things a little bit out of order. I'm doing my first five after we speak to our first guest joining us today. John Guandolo is on the phone. He has joined me on the show many times in the past. He's a founder of a great organization here in Dallas, Texas, Understanding the Threat, UTT. Great website to go to, Understanding the Threat, and also great voice of reason, understanding the national security challenges facing America. And in particular, the reason I asked him to join me today, I was grateful he was available, uh, is that he was in Washington yesterday as the, after the President Trump speech to the peaceful Trump supporters occurred, some people went over to the Capitol, and as all of you likely saw, there was great uh, violence at the U.S. Capitol. John Guandola was there, at least for that part. And I want you to just talk with him about what he saw and heard. So I believe we have John on the line. Hi, John. Hey, Debbie. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for being available. You know, I didn't do much of it. I, I normally give you a longer introduction. Um, he's a, a graduate of the Naval Academy, took a commission as an officer in the Marine Corps. He served our country uh, in the military. Um, he resigned his commission in the military to join the FBI in 1996. He's been with the FBI. He has uh, primarily focused on narcotics to start with in the FBI. Uh, and then he also served as the FBI liaison, the U.S. Capitol Police investigating threats on high-level government officials. Uh, ultimately, he accepted, he uh, joined the counterterrorism division of the FBI field office in Washington, D.C., and eventually turned around and became, became involved with the um, first counterterrorism training program for the FBI focused on the Muslim Brotherhood Islamic Doctrine and the global Islamic movement. So an expert of all kinds, but John, I want to hear about what you saw when you were at the U.S. Capitol yesterday, January 6th, after President Trump spoke to his uh, supporters and people headed over to the Capitol because yesterday was the day they were voting on the Electoral College votes. And many media reports saying that essentially it was a mass of Trump supporters who overwhelmed the Capitol Police and committed a great deal of violence and destruction inside the Capitol. Tell us what you saw. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. First of all, Debbie, I just want to reiterate something you just said about my background because I think it's relevant. Uh, I did spend about 14 months as the FBI's liaison to the Capitol Police investigating threats to the president, vice president, members of Congress, the cabinet, et cetera. And I spent nine years on the FBI's SWAT team and was the team leader for my last three and a half years on the team. And I share that because we worked with uh, Secret Service. We uh, did uh, the kind of operations that go along with these kinds of things, um, like uh, massive uh, events like State of the Union, inaugurals, uh, et cetera. 
Uh, and I just want to share that as a part of my experience, uh, besides being an investigator in the FBI. And first of all, I want to say I actually, being a part of the event, thought it was a great event. And it was an incredibly patriotic event. And beginning Monday evening, Tuesday, Tuesday evening, there were people on the mall praying, praying around the Capitol, singing. Um, and it was that kind of an atmosphere. Uh, what is amazing to me is the restraint that patriots at the Capitol demonstrated, considering their government, primarily led by uh, Republican leaders, um, have, are handing over our country to enemies of America. Patriots in America, clearly tens of millions of them are very angry about that, as well they should be. And I actually thought uh, I was shocked at the restraint that they showed. And I was actually uh, present yesterday afternoon with people in law enforcement, people I knew in federal uh, and local law enforcement. And we kind of remarked about that. Like I was amazed people um, were as restrained as they were. Uh, remember that these reports that you're getting are coming from the media, uh, batting for the other team, and they have an agenda. Um, and so I just would encourage people to understand that. Uh, yeah, there was actual violence, but I'd like to maybe close this opening point by reminding people that an unarmed 14-year Air Force veteran was shot and killed by a Capitol Police officer. Uh, that's murder in cold blood. It's why I titled my article today, you know, Boston Massacre 2021. I think this is a huge point where people are voicing their concern for the republic and the media and the Republican leadership. And, of course, the Democrats um, are attacking the Trump people. Uh, and really, they're not Trump supporters. They're patriots. And uh, it really doesn't remember that the, the movement birthed Mr. Trump. He didn't birth this movement. These are patriots that are tired of their liberties being stolen. And um, I thought the event overall echoed an incredibly patriotic and uh, motivating atmosphere. That was a great summary. I'm thrilled to hear that. That is exactly what I would have expected from uh, an event that I, I have good friends from Dallas, including you, but other good friends from Dallas uh, who were there and just telling about how great the event was while they were standing listening. They were actually in the area hearing President Trump speak. And it was they, they were just moved by the patriotism. And as I mentioned to my listeners, and I think John mentioned to you that my husband and I were in Washington at the November 14th pro-Trump rally uh, post-election while all of the, um, you know, unsettled nature of the election became more and more obvious and the, and the uh, apparent, the, the attempt to steal the presidency became more obvious. And literally on that day in Washington, November 14th, I'm telling you, we estimated there had to be a million people there. And these are people who were patriots, every race, ethnicity, national origin, skin color, age, background, apparent economic uh, you know, uh, stature in America, just a wide range of people. And all you heard was love of America. We, uh, we prayed together. We sang the national anthem. We expressed praise for President Trump. There wasn't a violent word. There weren't, it wasn't foul language. And even as this massive group of people tried to move from near the White House 
over to, uh, at that time, went over to in front of the Supreme Court. Uh, it was just peaceful and upbeat and positive and, and happy. And so, and every time I have attended an event of this nature, whether it was Tea Party back in those days, whether current support for the, uh, the pro-America movement, that's always been the hallmark of conservative uh, events. And so this is why it's so upsetting to many, many people in America, because actually, as many people say, usually if it's violence, it's because it's the left wing, Antifa, BLM, some organization like that, that just engages in violence as their main uh, political activity. But to think that they're, that Republican or conservatives or Trump supporters or patriots are being blamed for the violence, it doesn't sit well with America. So at the Capitol, I love everything you just said, at the Capitol, did you see anything about the people engaged in this um, this attack on the Capitol that made you conclude whether or not they were actually the Trump supporters who'd come to Washington to to, art, to um, speak up for the Trump campaign? Or did you have a sense they may have been uh, left-wing groups? Well, there were definitely, look, the uh, rightfully so. The, the patriots are angry at what's going on. And, uh, but, but I will, like, I'll give you an example. I will watch as, uh, patriots with American flags and some had political banners like Trump flags walked up the, the uh, on the on the house side on the south side walked up the stairs stood where the Capitol Police were talked to them and then the Capitol Police you know waved them up the stairs and they went up the stairs and so it wasn't it, it, this this idea that it was this uh, con completely confrontational thing is just not true. Now, were there people that uh, went beyond where the Capitol Police wanted them to go? Yeah. And we, I saw people that were, uh, you know, uh, gassed and they came out, and they, you know, snot and tears rolling down their face. And they were like, well, yeah, I guess we went too far, you know, but they weren't, the, the, the point was they weren't trying to hurt anyone. And they, they are angry because their country is being surrendered to hostile forces. And they see it, they know it, they understand it. Our election was stolen. And it's they are as angry at, at the Republican Party as they are at anybody else. Because remember, it's the Republicans. It's, it's Mike Pence, Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy that went on the radio last night and condemned President Trump and his supporters. And to them, I say, screw you. They are the enemies of the republic. And I'll tell you, it's amazing to me that the reality of what came to their front door didn't register at all to them. And I don't believe anything after watching what happened yesterday and watching the response. They're, they are so arrogant. They are so condescending. Nothing is going to snap them into reality except for patriots uh, taking back control of their government. And, and people like that swinging from a rope because these are traitors to the country. But when you talk about people that were doing violence there, I watched and my colleagues watched as people that were clearly Antifa went walked right in front of us, walked up the stairs of the Capitol. And then we have the, the video and photographic evidence of people that were in the Capitol that are from communist organizations, Antifa uh, and, and others, Black Lives Matter, that were picked from the crowd uh, that were there and these are some of the people that were inside the House chambers. So, yes, it is a, a mix, but this is a – think about it this way. You've got people on the ground that are communists, Antifa, et cetera. They participate in violence. Uh, you get a 
unarmed 14-year, four-deployment Air Force veteran female shot and killed by a Capitol Police officer uh, that's murdered in cold blood. And you've got the Republican leadership, the media, the Democrat Party calling for Mr. Trump to step down, that this is outrageous. These are the same people who didn't utter a word when cities were being burned and people were being killed on the streets by communists from Black Lives Matter and Antifa. So it rings it rings very hollow, their complaints. But remember, these are Republicans. These are Mitt Romney's, George W. Bush, Mike Pence, you know, Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy. This is the leadership of the Republican Party, and they're just traitors to liberty and to the patriots. They're flipping the bird to the patriots who are trying to defend the republic. John, one thing, and you know, we, I know you told me, to, first of all, I'm so grateful you're available today. I know you're in a meeting in Washington. You stepped out to do this interview. I want to have you back again soon because uh, one thing that, and I'll mention to our listeners, your article that's up on your website now, understandingthethreat.com, the article up today is entitled Republicans Lead 2021 Boston Massacre on Capitol Hill. And part of why I liked it so well is that what your article does, it puts in context everything we saw yesterday. And this conversation is doing that also. How it is not just a particular election, well, dang, you know, the D guy won and the R guy lost and, you know, doggone it, we want our guy to win. That's not what the battle is. It is literally decades of uh, the growth of the, and I'd like to blur them all together, the Marxist, socialist, communist movement, the radical leftist movement in this country has infiltrated and now completely controls the Democrat Party. And their mission has been the overtaking of America in a variety of ways. And your article, which I, well, I like it so well, it lays out very factually, uh, actually numbered sequentially, uh, what has been occurring in this country and why now what we're facing, as I've been saying on my show over and over, this is not a normal election of 2020. This is hold on to America the free, America the founding, or surrender to the radical Marxists, or just the Marxists, the communists, who are now believing they have gained a foothold in America, funded in large part, orchestrated by Chinese communists and, and other or, and organizations in America, funded and manipulated by them. So much bigger than just a national election. So I want to have you back, I hope very soon, and run through, again, all of what you've been saying about the, the shape of what we are looking at in America, the reason that patriots are so upset. It wasn't just because the guy with an R next to his name um, wasn't declared the winner. It's because they can see our country being handed over by the left, the formerly on the American playing field Democrat Party, handed over to the Marxists. But you, you see the complete surrender of the um, alleged leadership of the Republican Party not willing to fight even in the face of massive evidence, overwhelming evidence of election fraud, just not willing to fight. So I hope you're going to be around in Dallas next few weeks. I'd love to have you on again and do this, but I want to keep my word. I told you 10 minutes, and I think we've gone over that already. Do you want to make any closing thoughts about this conversation before I let you go? No, I just am grateful, as always, Debbie, uh, the, the way that you're willing to dig into the truth. And uh, I, want to, I do want to make one comment is um, I went, I was invited to D.C., I was originally going to go to be a part of the rally and all that, but I went because I was invited by a group to uh, that that was on the Capitol grounds praying, and we're praying for justice and we're praying for the nation, praying for peace, uh, but but praying for justice. And I think what we've 
witnessed here uh, in the last 24 hours is the wholesale sellout of uh, this country. And again, Democrats, as you just mentioned, they're the Communist Party of America. I don't expect them to do anything but, but act like communists. But the Republican leadership, minus literally a handful of people, just demonstrated uh, that they are they are facilitating the entire hostile movement against the United States. They're the ones facilitating the jihadis. They're facilitating the globalists and the, and the communists. And um, I believe that is that that is the greatest issue, and they have to be dealt with first. And patriots are having a real hard time because these are people that they're shocked have uh, literally flipped the bird to to, to patriot-loving Americans uh, and liberty-loving Americans. And I just I kind of want to leave it on that that we've got to. While we have to trust that God is in charge, we have a role to play in this, and uh, we can't sit on our hands. Great closing thought. John Guandolo, thank you so much. As Every time you come on the show, love having you. Thank you for taking time on this busy day. I know you're back in Washington, and we'll have you on again very soon and talk more deeply about everything you just talked about. Thank you so much, John. Thanks, Daddy. Okay, folks, I had an interesting morning. I will tell you that, uh, so I have friends in Washington who are at the march. Uh, they, are, they actually were at the rally with President Trump, uh, hear, heard him speak, and honestly, uh, they were saying it was really cold, and you know they didn't think they could do much. They thought they made their presence known to Congress, really by just who was going to be doing the January 6th big meeting. So they went back to hotel rooms. They weren't even at the Capitol. So I had wanted them to be able to call in and just talk about the environment at the Capitol, um, our environment at the rally, and but now here on the day after, we had all the events at the Capitol. So literally a friend of a friend put me in touch with some gentlemen who were at the Capitol, who were at the, they, they actually drove from California. They were at the uh, time when President Trump spoke to uh, whatever the number of people was there, you know, just hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people uh, listening to President Trump. And then some people, as I said, my friends went back to the hotel because they were cold and they thought they'd kind of done their thing. Others walked up to the Capitol. Before I bring on this gentleman who is going to uh, talk with us about what he saw at the Capitol, I wanted to mention in the article I just mentioned to you that John Guandolo wrote at his website, Understanding the Threat, he has pictures, and I didn't get these ready for the show today. I wish I had, it's ran out of time. But he has pictures. Also, numerous people on Twitter have similar pictures. What they're showing is the big pictures that the media captured, the pictures of people breaking down doors, going through windows, sitting in uh, inside, I guess it was the Senate chamber, sitting inside the offices of some of the elected members of the House and Senate. They have actual pictures of the faces of these people, pictures of one goofball who's dressed up with, you know, horns and a animal skin and, you know, painted face. And they're making the point that these people have been shown in many, many Antifa Black Lives Matter rally pictures that the people inside the Capitol, not all of them, I am not saying that everyone in the Capitol was Antifa and Black Lives Matter, but I will tell you that Paul Sperry has in his, uh, in his Twitter feed and other people talking about that there was a drop-off of a large busload of people affiliated with Antifa, who then, which is the anti-American communist organization that pretends they're anti-fascist, 
who got dropped off at the rally made their way inside the crowd supporting Trump. So they appear to be part, and they were even dressed as Trump supporters, you know, waving flags. Uh, but they're really Antifa Trump haters, America haters. And they were among the key people committing the violence inside the Capitol yesterday, not claiming that the entire entourage inside the, uh, the entire group inside the Capitol was all Antifa and BLM. But I am claiming that Antifa and other anti-American groups were there in Washington for the very purpose of duping the American people into thinking that it was the Trump-supporting pro-America patriots who resorted to violence inside the Capitol, smashed down all the, all the violence that you saw on the news. The point is, this is an operation. This is an intentional operation by leftists in this country to dupe the American people into thinking that it was Trump supporters who did that to the Capitol. I'm not, as again, there may have been some Trump supporters there, but the violence was largely at the hands, uh, at least according to pictures you can see, of the Antifa anti-American people. So having said that, we have, and I don't even know this gentleman's last name. This is Mike from California. I believe we have on the phone and Mike was at the Capitol um, with some friends of his and I talked to him this morning and and he agreed to come on and just tell you my listeners what he saw at the Capitol yesterday so do we have Mike on the phone I'm here can you hear me yes sir I can hear you we obviously can't see you. we can hear you so would you so you're uh, on air uh, on America can we talk um, I'm Debbie George Addis and so would love to have you tell our listeners and try to kind of go through it as slowly as you can because i'm probably going to jump in and ask questions but what did you see at the at the capitol yesterday that caused you to think that some of these people were not the trump supporting patriots that caused you to go to washington but may have actually have been uh involved with anti-american forces like antifa what did you see well we'll start from the beginning so we got here um tuesday midday driving straight through from california 40 hours of the driving Wow. We had a good night's sleep Wednesday night. We got up uh, Wednesday morning, or Tuesday night, sorry, got up early Wednesday morning around um, 4 to get down to the Trump uh, rally early. We got here around 7.30 in the morning, just surrounded by good people the whole time. In the group, there was a few guys chanting profanity and bad things, and but but typically the overall group was very peaceful, good, good people. And then Trump had asked us to walk down to the... Uh, Capitol building to let the congressman know we're here and we're serious. So we did, and that's when things went away. Bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, so, I, I meant to, I'm glad you said that. I meant to mention many people went to Washington were hoping, in addition to just being there on the day of the January 6th opening electoral ballots, they were, they were also hoping, some people, to be able to get in the Capitol, I mean, peacefully get in the Capitol to speak to their elected representatives, House members or senators, to say, please, please vote to understand what really happened. Push this back to some states. So they, they hope to have you know, perfectly acceptable conversations with their representatives and had that reason to get inside the Capitol. I'm sorry, so go ahead and tell us what you saw. Yeah, so what what, what I got from the whole thing is um, Trump had, in, in the rally, had said, I hope Mike Pence does the right thing, which I think Pence wanted, he wanted Pence to reject the Electoral College votes and send it back to each state individually to sort of recertify because there's plenty of proof of fraud. Is it enough fraud to overturn the election? I don't know. A lot of fraud, though. So when we got the announcement out front, 
that he didn't do that, did not do that. The crowd got a little, uh, no mad, you know, if you will, but I didn't see anything super outrageous. But what I did see was no police force at all. I'm nothing, which you would think for, I don't know how many people there, there had to be at least four or 500,000 at least that there would be some police force there. There was no police force. What me and my 19 year old son witnessed standing right next to us was a, a guy holding a flag that said F Antifa, you know, the whole word yeah. Antifa. And, and we, um, so we kind of got closer and closer. You can hear him talking profanity, how the plan was coming together, what they were going to do. So we followed him from a little bit of a distance. And one guy kept turning around and looking at me, kind of giving me a glare look, but I wasn't overly worried about it because I was far enough back. But anyways, we, we followed him. My son then went on top of a, high point and watched and physically watched him rip the the freestanding barriers down and throw it through the side window of the capitol building where they at that point uh they had some police in there and they shot out tear gas so at that point we got tear gas a little bit not super bad but we left at that point but that's what we saw those two doing walked around the building in the main port portion of the front. And I stood, if you look at the news, you'll see a great big huge flag hanging from the scaffolding. So I was standing there the whole time, probably about two plus hours, maybe closer to three at that point. And I stood there and twice was approached by somebody. One time the guy approached me and gave me a set of cones, like uh, street cones that you see in the street. and said, if they throw a smoke bomb at you, put this over it and pour water on it and it puts it out. I thought, well, why would they put those smoke bombs? I mean, I'm pretty peaceful. I'm, I'm in a corner. I'm right in the middle of it. But as I realized, I'm standing between the mob that the media is calling it, which they weren't in a mob, and the police. And I'm right in the middle in, a, in what I call the safe zone just because I was off in the corner by that flag. So I realized, oh, man, I'm not in a very good spot, but I'm safe, so I'm going to stay here. So I stayed there along with three others of my friends. We sat there. Next time the guy comes up, he gives me a, a, a whole bunch of zip ties. I said, you know what to do with those? Well, I didn't know what to do with them. My son kind of knew, apparently. I don't know how he knew at 19 years old, but they wanted to use the zip ties as handcuffs, and I was supposed to know the plan. That's what he kept saying. You know the plan? You know the plan? Well, I don't know what the plan is. I don't I know have what to jump in because I don't know at all. Mike, I'm going to jump in real quickly. So, number one, the person who walked up to you previously and hand you cones to say this is what you use if they send out tear gas, you, you, put, you put water in there and basically put it out, or, or smoke bombs. I'm getting at these people went to the Capitol, obviously planning to do something, armed with a way to protect themselves against, against the tear gas. Or was it against tear gas or smoke bombs? What was the cone for? Tear gas. Tear gas. Yeah, so, they, had, they had face masks. These guys had full-on face masks with respirators, the whole thing. They, they were prepared for what they came for. I did not see anybody at the Trump rally that was that was that prepared. The one guy that we followed, my son knows quite a bit about armory and stuff. He's in the um, trying to become a police officer. So they, they had a, a helmet that he said is like a $5,000 bulletproof helmet. And two of the three men that we followed had those kind of helmets on. Uh, why would you wear that kind of helmet to a place like that? I don't know. But pretty weird. Um, and, and like I said, those two we saw. Now, there were seven of his total. Two of, the, two of the other guys that were here, we've got films. They were at the Capitol building when the, they broached the building and went into the building. 
police officers inviting them in, saying, we're not going to stop you. We're not going to stop you. A lot of people went in at that point. For okay, sure. This I, is not I gotta made jump up. in. hundred percent. Gotta jump in though. So this, What's that? I'm gonna jump in. Now. So the police officer letting people in, did it look like the people he was letting in were the were you know there for a friendly purpose of going to knock on the door of their senator or congressman, to, or, or did they look like they were um, gearing up to be violent? Could could you tell from anything they did? Well, one guy that we were with gave somebody his phone and they went in there and filmed it we've got films of everybody in there one film went to glenn beck glenn beck has already verified the one guy is a, um some kind of german nazi antifa member i'm not exactly sure what any of that means yet but i'm gonna find out but it, it's he verified it. it's for sure it's not maybe I, I we got the email back from him it, it's for sure for sure so clearly he could have been a trump supporter as well i don't know but we do know for sure he was a, some sort of neo-Nazi um, Antifa member. Um, he was dancing around and chanting, and, and we've got that on film in a video doing it. Um, they got another film of a guy sitting at Pelosi's desk, smoking marijuana, and chanting, Trump won, Trump won, Trump won. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Was that a Trump supporter? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm going to say, clearly, go ahead. Yeah. Clearly, we've got it on film. So why can't we get that guy and arrest him? I, I, I'm not sure. And if it was a Trump supporter, that's not the typical Trump supporter at yeah. all. I mean, it's like I, I told a friend of mine, well, why don't the Trump supporters go start breaking windows in all these buildings around here and putting Biden hair stickers on them? Because then Biden Harris would be bad people. I, I, I mean, clearly, it was a setup on the Trump campaign, that's what they did. I mean, in my mind, it's, it's totally clear what they did. Okay, the other thing I want to go back to, I'm sorry, I'm, I know I'm jumping around too, but you mentioned that someone walked up to you and handed you what your son figured out was intended to be used for handcuffs. So this was someone who was assuming you knew the plan. You said, I think on the phone earlier and on this, on this interview too, I think you made reference to him saying, you know the plan. So someone arrived with a plan to use handcuffs, use plastic handcuffs. Absolutely. Hundred percent. Yeah, not. Yeah, for sure. I don't know what this. I don't know what it was. I, obviously, I don't know the plan. If I don't know the plan, I'd have stayed there and done the plan. I guess if I was part of it. But clearly, somebody had a plan, and they had. They were about um, one foot long, quarter inch wide, serious zip ties. I'm, I'm a mechanic. I mean, these were serious zip ties, and, and apparently, my son knew that they used those for handcuffs. Wow. So, in a rioting situation. So apparently we were supposed to handcuff somebody. I don't know who that was. I don't know what their plan was because I didn't see anybody getting handcuffed. But, you know, they wanted us. They kept saying, they kept going around and grabbing everybody individually and saying, we need to stay here till 11 o'clock to stop them from voting. We need to stay here till 11 o'clock to stop them from voting. That's what they kept saying. I don't know what that was all about. But they put a 6 o'clock curfew up. When I talked to the police officer, he said, we're going to start arresting people that are here after 6. And I, I didn't want to go to jail, so we left about 5.45. Okay. So then, we were there the entire time till 5.45. Okay. You know, I, this and, is so interesting. You mentioned you're having video, and I know you said you sent off other places, but this is really what Americans who just see the news, they just see the story characterized as Trump-motivated, <laughs> Trump, you know, send them down there to... In fact, I'll go back. And, and so to have someone who was there and watching... 
behavior that doesn't sound very much like Trump people. Uh, and in fact, I mentioned a moment ago in the show, uh, there are pictures of people who were there as um, at, who were at inside the Capitol, who've been previously photographed many times at Antifa rallies, Black Lives Matter. And these are left wing, uh, you know, um, communists or my term, whatever they are, left wing Marxists inside the Capitol and being, and, and they're con one, one guy is dressed in a, a wild, bright orange. I mean, this is not the way people who are Trump rallies dress. So we, we saw, we saw that guy you were talking about. He, okay. he was there and we did see him for sure. Absolutely. We saw him. Well, the funny thing is, is we saw yellow rope hanging all over the Capitol building with hooks and people climbing up the yellow rope to get into the Capitol building without going up the stairs. So Look, if, if there was any police force there at all, it would have been pretty easy. I physically, I'm 57 years old, I could have walked up and cut that rope and nobody would have climbed over that wall. Look, today, what's funny is we're here now, they put up an eight-foot fence all the way around the Capitol building, and there's a police officer at minimum every 20 feet, and in some places shoulder to shoulder. Why couldn't they have had some of that force here yesterday? It's like, let, let's put on a show after this is done to show how bad Trump is. That's the way I'm seeing it. Yeah. We just left the Lincoln Memorial. We just left the Lincoln Memorial. You're going to love this one. We just left. There was a group of people taking a picture with an American flag stretched across three people. I, I witnessed this just now. I mean, it, it, you, can, you can Google it. It's there. So they started chanting, USA, USA. Within minutes, 25 police officers come up, rip the flag from these guys, rip it from them, almost knock one guy down, and and closed the whole memorial. Everybody had to get out of there. And they said it was an organized protest. Now, how does chanting USA with an American flag become an organized protest? A very good question indeed. Wow, wow. So you think what you just described that ended just, up in media somewhere? Happened. That just happened within the hour. Wow. Well, Mike, first yeah, of all, I want to thank you I'm, for... Go ahead. Sorry. One more point. I'm just saying, it's just, it, it's just crazy. You know, Americans need to wake up. They... they, they, they I was not super liberal or conservative on either side. I was kind of in the middle. After I saw what I saw today, I don't know if it's conservatives or liberals. I don't know who's doing it, but you know what? Somebody needs to get in check. This country's falling apart. They're getting more separated. If we don't fix this problem, the whole Trump thing, the whole entire Trump time, time Trump was president, all I heard about was collusion, collusion. He's this, he's that, he's the other thing. You know, Biden's son supposedly gets a $1.4 trillion deal with China while... Biden is vice president, and we elect him as president. I'm confused on the stupidity <laughs> of American people. Yeah, well, I don't think we elected him. That would be the other great point. And, and what I've been talking about in my show so much is that, you know, I understand that the, the Congress has certified the Electoral College, and apparently but now between now and January 20th, there's no other... Um, avenue available so far as i'm aware there are litigation pending before the supreme court and other places but avenue available to challenge it so you know but i i don't agree the majority of americans elected biden i agree that the our system has decreed that he will become president but it's not because the majority elected him i, I agree with you mike first i want to thank you and your son and your friends for driving 40 hours or whatever you said 20 hours from california thank you for driving in i love that that spirit of, of Love of America, patriotism, demand for fair elections that would inspire you. Uh, you told me, I think earlier, you're still working. I mean, you're, you're, uh, you're a working person with a family and decided this was, you know, this actually, let me just ask you a good closing question. So you're a working guy in California with a family. What inspired you? Why did you drive all the way to Washington uh, for the January 6th day? 
I, I, I basically work with the government. I'm a, I'm a developer builder. And if anybody could wear my pants for a couple of months, they would see how corrupt and how bad our current government system is. Every time I turn around, it's more money, more money, more money. And they, people think, oh, the wealthy developer builder can pay for it. You know, are, are they dumb? I'm, I'm a businessman. I'm going to pass the cost on to you. You're paying for it. Do you want to continue having these fees added to my building that you're going to pay for when you buy it? When you buy a house, who's paying for it? Not me. I just add it to the cost. Yep. Okay. Mike, I, this is crazy. so... Go ahead. One more thing. It's just... It's just crazy. It's just crazy that, that, that I can't believe the blindness of American people. It's it just, hope, wake up, open your eyes, and look at what's going on. Absolutely. Mike, thank you for calling us. This is very fun. I appreciate your taking the time, and enjoy the rest of your day in Washington, D.C. I love that city. I went to law school in that city. love it. So thank you for taking time to join us. I thank you. Thank you. Okay, I want to spin off one thing he said uh, before we get into other topics. Um, and this is the point I'm trying to make about this rally. And we're going to talk more about this. I'm going to get pictures up on the website and on our Facebook page and on YouTube and all that. But there are pictures showing that people inside the Capitol who the media are trying to, who are committing the violence, the media is trying to say, look at all these uh, Trump supporters. They're crazy. They're violent. And you can see that these people are Antifa people. The big argument, of course, going on is whether or not it was you know, 99% Trump people and a few random Antifa, or is it like mostly Antifa people and a few random Trump supporters in the middle of it? Some mix, I don't know. And neither does anyone who's blaming it all on Antifa or blaming it all on the Trump team. Some mix is in there. But what I will say is this, it's really important to understand if you're a patriot who loves this country, you love what the country's supposed to be, you understand how radical the left is, do not underestimate the willingness of the left to commit acts like infiltrate the Trump rally on you know, one of the most important days uh, you know, in, in, in a decade, which was this date yesterday, January 6th, where the, at the Capitol, the members of Congress and Senate are opening electoral college votes, the last stand trying to stop the steal of this election. That's the big day. Big rally planned. You know, is very publicly announced. President Trump encouraging people to come. Do not underestimate the willingness, determination, uh, relentlessness of the left of cooking up a plan to cause that rally to cause that day more harm to Trump, to make the American people who don't pay enough attention think that the violence they intend to do should be blamed on Trump, blamed on Trump supporters. I want to remind you what, the, what happened with the Tea Party. And you know, it's a really interesting thing. John Guandolo said something earlier in the show about, you know, uh, basically, you know, Trump didn't create the Trump movement or didn't create the, this movement of patriots. It was patriots. Uh, in America, standing up against the invasion of our country of radical leftist ideas, patriots created the space for and, and were waiting for someone like Trump. And he was exactly right. But let me go back to the Tea Party movement. So, you know, the Tea Party thing started under Barack Obama. And it started because many serious conservatives love freedom, love the America of the founding, love the ideas of the Declaration, love the Constitution, love a free America. And they could see by the words and actions of Barack Obama that he was going to take our country over the socialist cliff. 
And so the Tea Party was designed to reignite, to re-inspire Americans to remember what the Tea Party was, what the idea of the founding of America was, that we were going to stand up for the rights that our that America's founders stood up for that are directly threatened by the left, represented at that time by Obama, at this time, sadly, by the whole Democrat Party and a good healthy number of the Republicans too. But back to the Tea Party, as that movement gained steam, and Tea Parties grew up in, in cities and countries in cities around this country, cities and towns, Tea Party, they had rallies, they had and they would stand up for things like, you know, not bailing out the car companies and not bailing out the mortgage companies. And American taxpayer dollars should not be bailing out uh, banks that made bad loans uh, for, for home mortgages. And a big issue, of course, was standing against socialized medicine, standing up against Obamacare wanting a strong national defense and so opposing the Obama administration's literally starving, intentional uh, weakening of America's military. The Tea Party had just solid roots in Americanism. But because the left can never tell the truth about what it is they stand for and what it is they intend, instead of arguing the substance of the issues that the Tea Party stood for, instead of saying, no, socialized medicine is great. Everyone should want to have government-controlled health care. No, everyone should love that the military is being weakened and crippled by being defunded by the Obama administration, because they couldn't argue that. The left can never argue what they're really are going to do. The left turned to one of their favorite tricks they do, which is they turn to the issue of race. And you began to see headlines and stories saying the Tea Party is racist. I went to a Tea Party rally and I saw a guy who had a sign that said, blah, 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 something racist. These stories flooded the country. It was the point of the Democrat media mob, the leftists who did not like this resurgence of love of America, love of freedom that the Tea Party stood for, and the leftists who hated that the Tea Party was so popular they began to infiltrate the Tea Party, send people to Tea Party events with idiotic racist uh, slogans on their signs that nobody at the Tea Party liked. The Tea Party leaders, there was never a national organized Tea Party was one of the reasons it kind of fell apart. There were just local Tea Parties and they kind of designed it that way, I guess, or the whoever the they was. The Tea Party evolved into local organizations and not a national organization that led and controlled it. But the leftists attacked the Tea Party because it was standing up for the idea of America, and they attacked it by lying and falsely accusing them of racism. I was involved in the Tea Party because I love these ideas of the founding of America. It's why I do this show, because I want to have those beautiful ideas of America's founding take hold again in America. So I'll just tell you one last, so recognize the left just cooked up lies about the Tea Party. And it became the cool thing to do. Every media outlet in the country try to go to some Tea Party event and find someone who had some idiotic sign that was evil and ugly and racist and try to say that's what the Tea Party stands for. Or they'd find some joker who claimed he was a Tea Party person making some idiotic racist statements. I will tell you, I happened to try to help the Tea Party get the really great speakers, the, the sought-after speakers around this country at the Tea Party movement era and you know the four most popular ones who everyone was trying to get all the time were black. All four of them. I mean, there were other great Tea Party leaders, speakers who had all sorts of, who were Caucasian or Asian, or had all sorts of different backgrounds. But the four of the most prominent Tea Party speakers were black. 
Katrina Pearson now works the Trump administration. Alan West, now chairman of the, of the Texas Republican Party, formerly a member of Congress as a Republican from Florida. Uh, Michael Williams, who had been in the Reagan administration, a, a Texan, a, a black American Texan who'd been in the Reagan administration, was that the really, really popular one. The last one was Pastor Stephen Broden, who's right here from Dallas, who spoke up. So he was a just profoundly popular Tea Party speaker. But that truth that the most popular Tea Party speakers, or at least among the, the handful of really sought after speakers, were all black, it didn't stop the left from claiming that the Tea Party movement was racist, and it didn't stop the American people from being duped by these lies the media tells. Now going back to what happened in Washington yesterday, I am not going to claim that there were just absolutely zero Trump supporters who may have been violent inside the Capitol. I don't know. We need to sort that out. We need to sort out who actually committed the violent acts, including the Capitol police officer who shot and killed an unarmed woman, but we need to figure out who they are and we need to find out their backgrounds and whoever they are, they've all, the same rule of law applies to all of them. But I'm telling you, the, the, uh, the organization of it, the leadership of it, the instigators, the angry, the people encouraging the mob to behave like a mob, Antifa. The A-N-T-I-F-A, Antifa, Antifa, however you want to pronounce it, the anti-American radical fascist left was right there on the scene with no other reason to be there but to try to dupe ignorant American people into thinking that the violence they were committing somehow should be blamed, blamed on Trump or his followers. Enough on that. I do want to move along very quickly, tell you something else, uh, just a very quick thing. Um, Trump did put out a tweet today, and he can't tweet anymore, but his, um, one of his uh, staff did, Dan Scavino, put out a uh, tweet. I want to ask Matt the Wonderful to put it up. Uh, Trump has been banned from Twitter. So here you have Dan Scavino, who is uh, putting out a statement by President Trump on electoral certification. You can see what he put out this morning. Um, even though I, this is from Trump, even though I totally disagree with the outcome of the election and the facts bear me out, nevertheless, there will be an orderly transition on January 20th. I've always said we would continue our fight to ensure that only legal votes were counted. While this represents the end of the greatest first term in presidential history, it's only the beginning of our fight to make America great again. I am asking for everyone at the U.S. Capitol to remain peaceful. No violence. Remember, we are the party of law and order. Respect the law and our great men and women in blue. Thank you. So this was what Trump had to say. So Trump is saying, you know, okay, I'm going to step down. We're going to have orderly transition. That is not stopping. So he's okay the transition, you know. And, and despite what we talked about yesterday in the show, and if you didn't watch the show yesterday, cannot urge you strongly enough to listen to the interview I did yesterday on this show by Maria Zak. She, Maria Strollo Zak, she's the founder of Nations in Action. She bombshell thing from yesterday. She delivered to Congress an affidavit from an Italian employee of the, the Lockheed Martin equivalent in Italy, massive company, Leonardo, and this guy is acknowledging he flipped the votes on election night to move votes from Trump to Biden. He did it electronically. He used a Leonardo-owned satellite to, to, to change those votes, send it back up to satellite, servers in Germany, back to America. Point being, the people in Congress, at least some of them, by the close of yesterday, where they did finally certify the election for Joe Biden, some of them knew that there was an affidavit sitting there 
for them available to be read on the floor. I have no idea if it even got read on the floor, but some of them knew that there was actually solid proof of this electronic manipulation of the voter tabulation software, electronic cheating, vote switching, whatever you want to call it. This election was stolen, and this is, explains the fervor of so many people in Washington, explains their fervor because they know it, and now many in Washington know it. I don't know what they're going to be done about this point, but it's important that you know it. I can't urge you strong enough. If you didn't see the show yesterday, please watch that Maria Zak interview. Share it far and wide. Go to our website, americacanwetalk.org. Get a copy of that affidavit. Let people see this guy is confessing. Here's what I did. At the behest, by the way, of his superiors at Leonardo and American individuals at the U.S. Embassy. Yeah, there's a lot to be investigated here. I understand Trump is saying he's going to, he understands peaceful transition, got to do it January 20th, going to get Biden sworn in. But the investigation as to the theft of our election must go on. Okay, two other quick things. I've already covered kind of Antifa storms the Capitol um, and the media is trying to blame Trump. So I want to get to, you can put that caption up, Matt. It's kind of all three things. Antifa storms the Capitol. Um, the media is trying to blame it on Trump, which is just absurd. And then traitors talk the 25th Amendment. Very quickly, I want to tell you, this is all part of an orchestrated operation the ongoing effort, which we've been watching since the time Donald Trump declared his candidacy, the ongoing effort to destroy him. And it's not him personally. You gotta understand, it's not Trump personally. It's what he stands for and represents and speaks up and fights for, which is the founding freedom ideas of America. The idea of America that says we're a country rooted in freedom. The government's supposed to work for you, the people. That's why America first mattered. The government's supposed to listen to you, the people. They're supposed to put your interests and needs ahead of the rest of the world. It doesn't mean we don't care and help the world, but the American government is supposed to be a sovereign government, government responsible for its people and to its people. It's supposed to be a government that protects our borders, that protects freedom and free markets, that fights against the evils of socialism and communism and Marxism, fights those ideas. That's what the American government is supposed to be. And the reason Donald Trump is so popular is because he's about the only one standing up for that at this point. That's why he's so popular. So where we are now, we had the, the so we had the left after Trump since the day he announced his, his candidacy, we had the Russia collusion hoax collapse because there was nothing to it, even though millions of dollars and millions of hours spent trying to cook up something. In fact, what we know now is that Hillary Clinton and her team cooked up the entire story as a campaign stunt. No prosecution of her, no prosecution of anyone else who continued the farce, even though they knew that there was nothing to it. So you had the collusion uh, farce, followed by the impeachment inanity of trying to impeach President Trump over what Biden, President-elect Biden did, and somehow that was okay. Trump is nearly removed while Biden actually engaged in the conduct and took money from the Ukraine and took money from China, and he's going to become president, and all of us are supposed to say, that's okay, that's okay. But the final, I mean, there are many other ways in which the left attacked Trump beside the collusion hoax and the impeachment. But getting around, you know, they tried to use the whole COVID thing. That didn't fly. 
in, in terms of removing his popularity with his base. So then they finally got around to this, this January 6th, yesterday, the uh, January 6th meeting in Congress, and they're trying, you actually have members of Congress now trying to say that because Trump pushed, encouraged, whatever that they want to somehow blame Trump for what happened on the Capitol, which is, again, at least in great part due to Antifa's conduct, probably in most part due to Antifa, the anti-Trump, the Trump-hating Antifa does it, but Trump somehow to be held to blame, and people now calling for the 25th Amendment to be used to remove Trump from office. Do you realize that's actually being discussed on a serious level? I mean, some idiot Republican you've never heard of is at one Republican saying it, and, and several Democrats are saying, including Schumer, now talking about the idea that, you know, we might just have to remove Trump because, you know, he encouraged a riot at the Capitol. I mean, it, it's so ridiculous. You, you can't even hardly stand it. But they are talking about that. Um, and, and, you know, given that today is January 7th, inaugurations on the 20th, we're really not going to get there. But, um, but this is the, the level of desperation, desperate hatred of Trump you're still seeing out of the left. And I want to make something clear why they're so after him. It's not really that they're after him because they hate him. I mean, they do hate him. But they're after him because what Trump re-inspired or what he, what he re-engaged the American people in doing was love of America, love of freedom, love of free markets, love of a strong military, love of a strong country. This, gets, this is a, a problem for the leftists who are on the march in America to push America over the cliff to Marxism. And when you have a 75 million swath of Americans who supported Trump, who voted for Trump, who want what he wants, or want the Trump agenda of freedom, this gets in their way. It gets in their way that you have these Americans actually believing in the idea of America when the left believes in the destruction of America. That is why they're so angry. And I want to tell you something. We're going to flip my next topic, kind of, but next topic of why the GOP and Pence punted. The GOP in Washington yesterday, the, the Republican majority in the Senate, the that very, very strong plurality of Republicans in the House, nearly all of them, I mean, nearly, they nearly have, it's nearly 50-50, there's a tiny majority of Democrats in the House. Those people punted on looking at the evidence of election fraud, not because of the constitutional niceties they try to claim were the reason, but because Washington has become for the most part, a large uniparty swamp, and they like living in their large uniparty swamp. They like living under the rules they made for themselves, the ruling class up in Washington, and they don't really have to listen to the people, and they don't really want the people, the Trump supporters, getting all full of themselves and thinking that just because they're citizens that they have any rights to be heard by the government. The, the, the uniparty, which isn't very fair, not all Republicans. I could name numerous Republicans in the House and Senate who have actually stood up to fight. It's not, it is the entire Democrat Party that lives in, loves this uniparty swamp, and it is unfortunately a growing segment of the Republican Party. 
realizing too, wow, this is pretty cool. We get to be the ruling people. Nobody, and you know, we're kind of in charge and we don't listen to the people and we go home and we say things in campaign speeches like we mean them, but we go back to Washington and rule as a unit party. I want to remind you of something. So I'm getting at the reason that they punted, why the GOP and Pence punted was because President Trump and what he stands for, the re-energizing of the we, the people America, the re-energizing of the American spirit of freedom and rights and freedoms from uh, rights from God and freedoms that are spelled out, protections spelled out in the Bill of Rights. This kind of thinking blocks the ability of the left to pursue their plan for their ultimate Marxist takeover of America. And I want to remind you of something. I talked about this. I'm pretty sure this is a long time ago, but I want to remind you of something that I think we saw the fruition of this yesterday. Back in March of 2016, so this is, you know, during the campaign season when Trump was running, Hillary was running, there's still a bunch of other Republicans running in the Republican primary. But back in March of 2016, there was a meeting of the Republican establishment along with billionaires, tech CEOs on a private island off the coast of Georgia. And the meeting was sponsored by the American Enterprise Institute. It was our annual World Forum. And at this meeting, they're sitting around watching the Republican primary and many of them realizing, dang, Trump is going to win this. Trump is going to win the Republican nomination. And Trump is not part of the club. Trump doesn't understand how the ruling class is supposed to work. Trump is telling people that they actually have rights as citizens and should expect our government to listen to them. There was panic in the ruling elite class in Washington back in March of 2016 at this meeting. And again, it was, in fact, the big topic of the meeting was how to stop Republican frontrunner Donald Trump. And let me tell you who was at this meeting. This is before Trump even officially won the primary. Apple CEO Tim Cook, Google co-founder Larry Page, Napster creator and Facebook investor Sean Parker, Tesla Motors and SpaceX honcho uh, Elon Musk, also notable Republicans in attendance in this how do we get rid of Trump meeting even before he won the nomination, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, political guru, questionable to call him a guru, Karl Rove, House Speaker Paul Ryan, GOP Senators Tom Cotton, Corey Gardner, and Tim Scott, and Rob Portman, and Ben Sass. These Republican leaders were at this meeting back in March of 2016, realizing Trump is gonna mess everything up about the ruling elite if this guy comes along and stirs up the spirit of patriotism in America, stirs up the, love, the, the spirit of Americans to stand up for themselves, and the meeting was dedicated to how do we stop him? How do we stop him? Many, uh, Bill Crystal was there, you know, he said, Bill Crystal's comment was, the key task now to once again, once again to paraphrase Karl Marx, is less to understand Trump than to stop him. Less to understand him than to stop him. And uh, many other people there, uh, to name names, uh, Chairman Fred Upton, a Republican uh, from the House Energy and Commerce Committee, Fred Upton, uh, Kevin Brady of Texas, almost Speaker Kevin McCarthy, California, uh, Kathy McMorris Rogers from Washington, Budget Committee Chairman Tom Price from Georgia, Financial Services Committee Chairman Jeb Hensherling, Texas, and Diane Black, Tennessee. 
many people sitting around this island thinking, how do we get rid of this guy? And I'm telling you, yesterday's vote in Congress was the fruition of this mindset. They don't care. They do not care whether there was election fraud. They did not decide they didn't have the legal right to look into election fraud. They decided they had a good excuse to get rid of this troublesome guy who's stirring up the spirit of patriotism in America, and they found a way to stop him. Election fraud happened. Everybody with a pulse knows election fraud happened. And they just decided we don't care. And the question is how much you should care. A lot more things to cover, but a last quick topic, which I'll get to uh, much more in the coming weeks. I just called the last topic, where do patriots go next? And all I'm going to say that is this. I will tell you, there are, there's ongoing discussion at very high levels in this country about the death of the Republican Party. The death of the Republican Party. The idea that when you have election fraud of a wildly popular president, clearly won re-election, fraud out the wazoo in every conceivable way, proof delivered to Congress, clear evidence of election fraud, legislatures, many of them where the fraud occurred, were saying to Congress, you had a hundred legislators from around the country saying, wait, 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 you know, Vice President Pence, please don't do this. Please, please hold off here. You know, uh, please send it back to us. We got duped. We need to look at our, our voting again. We don't want to give you fraudulent, result, fraudulent results. And the GOP and Pence were having none of it. They were willing to shut the American people down because they got their chance to get rid of the guy who was inspiring the American people to believe they had some right. They had some right to speak up as citizens and expect that their interests and their voices were heard in Washington. The Uniparty spoke yesterday. Uh, the Democrats, who obviously wanted, you know, wanted Trump gone, they're marching down the Marxist road. Uh, we'll be talking in the coming weeks about some of the things you can expect to see coming under the Biden presidency. Marching down the Marxist road and no serious opposition evident. There are a few stellar Republicans most of them have been on this show, a few stellar Republicans speaking up and fighting, but the core of the Republican Party is the surrender squad. They decided they just would rather go along and be in the ruling elite than to stand up. And, and I think it's going to eventually cost us, the American people, the very existence of the Republican Party because they give people no reason to vote for them no reason to fight for them because they don't fight for us. At the close of every show, I tell you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we started our show today, this very fateful Thursday, January 7th. We started our show on Trump's Trump okays a transition. The House and Senate voted to accept electoral college vote. All but six Republican senators went along I don't know the number in the House. Some House members also objected, but only six Republicans, including the great Ted Cruz in the great state of Texas. Uh, White House spokesman Dan Scavino has tweeted out Trump's commitment to orderly transition for January 20th, but the 25th Amendment noise still continues. The ruling class believes it has won. They're still in control, and the American people will soon forget the stolen election that they saw with their own eyes. Time will tell, but a government built on a lie 
may have legal authority. It has zero moral authority. The American people, are we sheeple or are we not? And we had Antifa storms Capitol Hill, media blames Trump and the 25th Amendment. Credible reports of Antifa bust into the Capitol area. Paul Sperry, see his Twitter feed. Credible reports of Capitol Hill police aware of Antifa being bust in. This is the same MO by which the Tea Party was discredited. The infiltration of impersonators positing racist drivel was never part of the grassroots movement, feeding the media a meme by which to destroy the movement. Credible conclusion as to the Capitol Hill mob scene, this was an operation, and it accomplished exactly what its purpose was, to finish off congressional debate about the election fraud and finish off Trump with a veneer for blaming Trump. The America First movement is a patriotic, patriot movement. It's not a mob, it's not a personality cult, and it's not going away. And why the GOP and Pence punted? Ruling class status, ruling class status, ruling class status, and ruling class status. This drives the beltway, and Trump threatened the club. The 2016 pre-election meeting at Sea Island, Georgia, was all about getting Trump out. Attendees included Paul Ryan, Tim Scott, Tom Cotton, big tech execs, but Russia collusion failed, impeachment failed, the pandemic on course to fail uh, due to Operation Warp Speed, and then, so it didn't fail, it did fail, and election fraud was the final plot. Mike Pence has a valued membership in the ruling class. He doesn't see or else rationalizes away the existential threat of a stolen election. So where do patriots go next? Lots of buzz about a new political party. Pros and cons are as old as, as elections are. It's a mostly tired debate. But remember, the Republican Party was once itself a new party, formed because the old Whig Party would not face the elephant in the room, the imperative to end slavery. Today's imperative is a rebirth of American freedom under God and a rejection of globalism and secularism. And the GOP has not got a clue about the nature or magnitude of the enemy, nor any leaders willing to engage in the fight. Restoring and preserving America's exceptional heritage is imperative. The America First agenda will not go away. It is the last best hope of Earth. And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. This is America Can We Talk. Go to our website, americacanwetalk.org. Hit subscribe, get our weekly newsletter. Hit donate if you'd like to support this show, as I will continue. I will never stop speaking up for America. I do this show to speak up for America. I've done it for over six years, never paid, all about love of America, all about fighting for America and speaking up for it. I would love to have your support. If you go to that donate button, you can do one time or you can do a recurring donation. Can't tell you how much I love that. And if you just listen every week, you are helping. If you listen to the show Monday through Thursday, 3 p.m. Central Time, whatever way you listen, help us out in social media. Share, support, you know, um, comment, like, subscribe, all the things you can do. Help this show grow and grow. And finally, again, I want to thank my listeners. Thank you so very much for listening to America Can We Talk? Where I always talk truth about America because America matters. And I will talk to you next time. America, can we talk truth about America? <laughs>